All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Behind the Mic podcast. We hope you enjoyed Tom Calhoun last week. Next week, we move into the high school level with the voice of the Illinois High School State Football and Girls Basketball State Finals, Jeff Fritzen. So look forward to that as well. Platforms, social media, you're looking at Facebook, BTM Podcast Alex, and Twitter, BTM Podcast underscore Alex. We're available to download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. My guest today, public address voice of two of the best soccer teams in the Pacific Northwest and a soccer-crazed city of Portland, the Timbers and the Thorns, Kevin Flank. Kevin, how are you? Hey, Alex. Fine. Glad to be here. Let's start with that, like completely putting to the side the announcing roles you've had what is it like to work in such a soccer-crazed city like Portland in terms of looking at things like the game atmosphere, the fan engagement, and those type of things? Well, I think it's got to be one of the best uh, gigs of, um, of that anyone could actually hope for. I mean, the Portland Timbers um, have been sold out in their stadium uh, since they joined MLS in 2011, and... Uh, just spent a couple of years remodeling Providence Park, which they call home right now. And uh, so if we were having fans in the stands, we'd have over 25,000 of them uh, screaming for the Portland Timbers uh, each and every home game. We have the Reuter section, the Timbers Army. And um, we also, in fact, it's, it's such a soccer craze town that uh, even with the sellout crowds, we have a wait list of probably now between eight and 10,000 people just, you know, waiting to get a chance to get season tickets. And the Thorns, the women's team in the NWSL, is the best uh, drawing women's soccer team in the world, not just the U.S., but the world. Uh, we average well over 17,000 fans a game, and uh, they have their big supporters fan, the Riveters, and are made up they have four or five from the canadian and u.s national team it is it is an exciting sport to watch and so whether it's men's soccer or women's soccer if you like soccer this is um, a great place to get to watch it we talk about your experience with the mls and the nwsl Flipping the page back a ways, how did this public address announcing thing start for you? Was it initiated by you? Did someone approach you? What was that process like? Um, well, it's probably like a lot of people. I think when I first started out, I wanted to be a play-by-play announcer and had done that in high school and at college uh, where I went to Washington State University and majored in uh, broadcast journalism. But worked at the radio station there at KWSU and did uh, play-by-play for football, basketball, and baseball. Uh, coming back to Portland, which is which is where I'm from, which is my hometown, um, I went to work at uh, teaching radio at a, at a Portland high school, Benson High School here, and um, in fact did some freelance work as a play-by-play high school announcer. And then around 1980, um, the fellow that had been doing Portland High School sports, all of them, in fact, passed away. And I got a phone call saying, hey, how would you like to do PA for our Friday night football doubleheaders? Hmm. I thought, wow, I've never done that before. And uh, so I, I stepped in, and they kept increasing my sport load. So um, 
actually they approached me and throughout the years other people would would hear my work and ask if I could join them um, Central Catholic High School in Portland which is currently the 6A football state champion um, asked if I would join them as PA announcer I've done their games for 40 years and they also played at what's now Providence Park but used to be hmm. called uh, Portland Civic Stadium back in the 80s okay um, folks at Portland State University heard my work um, and they also played football at the same venue so when an opening arrived for the USL Portland Timbers um, in 2008, um, they called me and asked if I would have any interest at all in joining this USL team. And I said, uh, sure, it's great. I yeah. coached youth soccer and everything. And uh, so that was kind of the root of it. And then um, the ownership group that came in with Barrett Paulson and bought the USL Timbers also owned the AAA baseball franchise, the Portland Beavers. Hmm. Uh, the following year, um, the PA announcer of the Beavers uh, decided to retire, and they said, hey, do you want to bring in this as well? And so I said, oh, absolutely. I'm a big baseball fan from way back. And so um, I became the voice of, of basically um, the, the ownership group there, and then when they applied and were granted the franchise uh, for MLS in 2011, I just sort of slid into that chair. So that's kind of how it all all got started. When you got the Timbers and Thorns gigs, obviously I'm sure that was a pretty big deal considering going back to the fact of how soccer-crazed of a city Portland is. What were those early times with those teams like, and specifically looking at the first time your voice went over uh, the speakers there at now Providence Park? Well, I think, um, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, awestruck, you know, because I had years of experience doing PA for other things. Yeah. Um, it was great when, um, when MLS came in because you knew this was this was the major league of soccer this was the highest level it could go and that um first game um it was pouring down rain oh. in portland they were still finishing doing the wiring they were doing wiring in my booth you know within an hour of when we were supposed to start doing announcements hmm. so it was a little bit hectic um, everything got done, everything came together, and it was kind of a, oh, I can relax now and get going with, with the job at hand. So that's kind of how the opening night went. And the Timbers won, and uh, MLS took off in the Rose City, and pretty much we haven't looked back. What is the, like, I guess the best way to phrase it is when you got a big game, potentially national TV there at Providence Park, Thorns or Timbers, do you ever kind of sit back, whether it be before that first announcement or right before the game starts, just kind of sit back and it probably never gets old, right? When you just sit there and think, wow, look at this crowd, look at this atmosphere, right? Um, I think because of the job nature of it, like um, our call time is between three and four hours ahead of when kickoff is. And so you get there when the stadium's empty, um, you you know, you do a sound check, you go through your computer, which is where all of our spots are now. We don't we don't use paper scripts anymore. Everything's yeah. on computer. And so, you know, I read through the script. Um, 
I talked to um, the visiting PR person about um, name pronunciations. We go over that. And it's more of, um, you know, the reads start in usually um, with the timbers, it's about an hour and a half, and with the thorns, about an hour before kickoff. So right as the gates are opening and fans are coming in, I'm already reading announcements and stuff. So there isn't really a whole lot of time um, to sit back and um, philosophize, for lack of a better term, about how great it is. I mean, we, we appreciate how great it is all the time. But it's like, um, okay, um, the shift is getting underway. we got to jump into it. Here we go, you know. And everybody on the game day staff kind of looks around. And, you know, we've, we've had a production meeting about an hour before we start our first announcements and everything. And we grab a bite to eat and wish everybody good luck and have a good game. And we just kind of kind of jump into it with both feet and away we go. What? is the in-game like what are you announcing how long does the whole process from arriving at Providence Park to leaving it take and how often does it vary or is it usually pretty routine from game to game um it's it's pretty routine like I said there aren't quite as many reads uh for the thorns as there are for the timbers um but again we get there about three hours in advance for a thorns game four hours for a timbers game have our production meeting, test everything out, grab a bite, and then and then we're into our reads. And it's almost, um, by the time it kicks off uh, for the PA announcer job, it's almost a time you can kind of sit back and relax once they kick off because uh, MLS and NWSL don't allow any reads while the play-by-play is going on. So uh, we're packed with announcements pregame. We're packed with announcements at halftime and we even have about 10 minutes worth of reads post game as when the the fans are leaving the stadium and everything so everything when there isn't play-by-play going on is pretty much packed with announcements and then you know of course during the game Mm -hmm. you know we announce obviously the goal score or the substitutions or the red and yellow cards but uh once it kicks off we kind of get to sit back and go whoo Okay, now we can pay attention to the game. Looking at the renovations that have been made there at Providence Park, what has that process been like from your perspective? Has any of it affected your PA booth, or are you just kind of sitting back and watching uh, this exceptional, at least altering, of Providence Park? Um, well, what um, my main concern about is how the sound is in the stands. Yeah. Um, the stadium was originally built in 1926 and the sound system in 2011 they put some money into doing some upgrades but it wasn't really that good um when they just did the last remodeling um they went to great lengths they put in over a million dollars to improve the sound system and they brought in consulting engineers for our first few games last year who would sit in various locations of the park and do an analysis of what the sound was like. Um, also into the box seats, even into the restrooms and mm. um, and the mezzanine areas, the walkways and stuff, how is the sound so we have the best experience for the fans that we can possibly give them. So what I've been able to hear from the feedback we've been getting is that uh, 
in addition to the seats, in addition to the views, in addition to the scoreboards for replays and such, um, the sound quality for the fans have really improved a lot too. So that's that's pretty nice. We've talked quite a bit about the soccer craze in the city of Portland. What has it been like in your role with Little League Softball World Series as well, being up there in Portland? Well, it's kind of a different thing. Um, I've been um, a, a Little League coach, an administrator. Um, I was even a president for a couple of years, and I live in the area uh, where Alpenrose Dairy is, which was the host of the softball world starting in 1995. And um, people who knew me again and knew what I'd been working with and stuff approached me and said, hey, would you be one of our PA announcers? And so for about 10 years, I would uh, volunteer some time in August. I mean, uh, it just would have wrapped up probably about a week ago uh, had there been a World Series this year. Yeah. Um, I did that for about 10 years, and then um, some people got together and said, hey, we want to start to live stream the games that weren't covered on ESPN. ESPN has done the semifinals and finals uh, for years, and uh, in fact, um, I believe last year they were going to start to expand through their ESPN Plus uh, thing and do all the preliminary games and pool play and all of that sort of thing. Yeah. But um, so anyway, I uh, for about five years, uh, ending in 2013, it was um, was part of the broadcast and uh, was with the uh, I worked with Terry Mariani, who was the softball coach. For over 30 years at Portland State University and getting uh-huh. to work with her, a you know a softball expert, and um, getting to do play-by-play. But it was great. All the teams that, that came in um, from around the world and get to meet them and their fans and sometimes their coaches and stuff, it was just a great experience. And then the crowd um, was always good, a lot of support, Little League you know, never charge for attendance or anything. And so uh, we'd always have good crowds up there. Uh, you hear a lot about the rain in Portland. Well, it doesn't usually rain in August. We had great weather and, in fact, pretty pretty warm weather. And so um, it, was, it was just another great experience for uh, sports fans in the Pacific Northwest. Obviously, the public address and play-by-play industries are different. But rolling off of that, the versatility of the ability to work in the broadcasting side of things and working in the public address side of things, how important do you see that being considering you've kind of been on both sides of the coin? Well, what I've learned um, through the years is there are more jobs being a PA announcer probably than a broadcaster. Um, like I said, I, I first you know fell in love with broadcasting and wanted to be a sportscaster, but um, there are only so many sportscaster jobs. True. Uh, when you go to PA work, pretty much every school from high school through college through you know professional ranks needs a public address announcer. And um, they need someone who can do it professionally, who doesn't um, bring their ego with them, you know? And, sure. and that's, a, that's a big thing. A lot of people uh, stereotype what they think PA announcers should should sound like um there's a great organization um that i believe is in indiana if not illinois about um 
the National Association of Professional Public Address Announcers that oh, yeah. I, I was a member of for several years. And in fact, I, I taught some clinics um, about PA announce work and, um, you know, how to, how to not be a homer necessarily. You know, you can, you can edge a little bit, but you don't want to degrade the, the fans or the players of the opposing team that comes in and stuff. And so... And so there's a lot of training that gets involved and a lot of um, touch, for lack of a better term, that you need as a PA announcer. When you're a radio play-by-play guy, you pretty much cater to the home market. You know, here would be the Portland Trailblazers or, you know, um, wherever, the Lakers in Los Angeles and and so on. But um, as a PA announcer, you learn, um, especially at the high school level and then moving on to the college level, I know as you mentioned, you're going to talk to some uh, uh, high school PA announcer next yeah. week, and it'll be good to get his insight on on how you do that and how you kind of, uh, when you work state championships, and I've worked a lot of state high school championships in, in Oregon, and how you have to kind of play it down the middle and so on and so forth. Another thing I want to ask you about is kind of the elephant in the room here with the pandemic. Did you get a chance to watch any of the NWSL Challenge Cup, the MLS is back tournament, and kind of sharing your thoughts on that, and then kind of going forward, announcing mid or post pandemic, and what that might be like for you whenever you return to the mic, or if you already have. Um. Yeah, there's a bunch of questions there. Let's go with uh, the yes, tournaments. I watched both the NWSL tournament and and I watched the MLS is back. The Portland Timbers won the MLS is <laughs> back tournament, which was uh, great to see. Um, Portland Thorns did not do quite as well in the uh, tournament that was in uh, Utah, and they're about to come back and everything. It's weird to watch sporting events without any spectators in the stands. Um, I know MLS is resuming their games right now. Uh, here in Portland, uh, we're not having any fans in the stands, and so they have decided to go without uh, PA announcing and without music. They have uh, cheers that they have pre-recorded from previous games and stuff that they're, okay. they're using throughout the games. But uh, the music person and so far myself are are still kind of sitting it out until we get fans back in the stands. What kind of things are you doing? That being said, do you find yourself kind of making up reads on the fly or something just to kind of make sure that things are still in the flow announcing-wise? Because I've, I've kind of found myself sometimes going back through old tape uh, where you can hear me announcing and kind of reviewing it, or are you doing anything with that, or are you just kind of laying back and taking advantage of the time off? You know, uh, last game I did was March 8th. It was an MLS game when uh, Nashville was here, and since then, to be perfectly honest with you, I've kind of taken it easy. Yeah. Um, I've been doing it, you know, off and on. I, I started as a high school broadcaster back in 1968. So, um, I, you know, I still have uh, all my notebooks and everything. And when we get told that we're going back, you know, I don't think it'll take me long to uh, refresh. Um, you know, I'm watching lots of baseball now. I'm watching lots of soccer now. Um, I was watching lots of basketball now. But since the Trailblazers uh, were eliminated last weekend, I kind of 
I'm kind of letting that go for a while. Yeah. But uh, they had a good run, too, there uh, over in Orlando. But um, so I'm just trying to enjoy life. We see our, um, my wife and I have a couple of granddaughters. We see them um, about on a weekly basis. We've uh, brought a new puppy into our our family, a a yellow lab who is full of life and excitement. So spending a lot of time with her. Nice. And um, so trying to just kind of kick back and do some other things. Um, In Oregon, I don't know about other states, but in Oregon, uh, they're looking now at playing all the high school sports uh, for this coming school year starting in January. So from mm. January to June, uh, the Big Sky Conference, which Portland State is a member of, is considering playing football in the spring. Um, so I may be, you know, come January, if things work out like, you know, they might, and we all hope that they do, um, I'm going to be, from January to June next year, going to be swamped with yeah. work. So um, I'm kind of enjoying the time off and kind of just kicking back and enjoying the fellows work on TV now and getting to watch and listen to them. I always like closing with this one basically because of how unique of an answer it can get despite it being a fairly simple question. What do you think is the best or most fun part of your job? Wow. Um responses getting to do some of the big events like getting to work the mls all-star game in uh 2014 that portland hosted uh getting to work the triple a all-star baseball game in 2009 was a hoot seeing all the triple a teams and their uniforms and all that kind of stuff was a blast um the other thing i really get kind of a kick out of is uh, getting feedback from people when they find out that that's what you do. Um, you know, I'll be wearing my Timbers hat or a Timbers shirt or jacket or something around, and uh, I'll be in a store or something. Somebody go, hey, you're a Timbers fan? And I go, well, actually, I work for the Timbers. And they go, oh, oh. what do you do? And I said, well, I'm the PA announcer in the stadium. And, and you know, 90% of the time they go, what? You? Really? <laughs> and they want to know all about it and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, let's be honest, that's kind of fun. Yeah, and uh, and I ask them if they've been to any games or if they're season ticket holders, and quite often they are. You know, they've been, yeah. they've been to some games of non-season ticket holders, and so I ask where they sit and how they like it and what their favorite thing is. And so, getting to react with the fans like that is uh, very satisfying and very rewarding. One more time before we let Kevin go: Facebook BTM Podcast, Alex; Twitter BTM Podcast underscore Alex. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. One more time next week, it's Jeff Fritzen, PA voice of the Illinois High School State Football and Girls Basketball State Finals. Today we say so long to the PA voice of the Portland Timbers and Thorns Kevin Flink. Kevin, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Alex. It's been great.